Welcome to Catholic Radio Indy's Lunchtime Podcast Sampler. I'm Kent Blanford. Each week, we'll bring you a sampling of some of the best Catholic podcasts being prepared and shared out there on the Internet. We're now into the season of Advent, and things often seem to be rushed and chaotic at times, anticipating Christmas. Our first offering on today's sampler from the Simple Reminder series with Pat Lencioni serves up some advice on preparing for the holidays. Welcome to another episode of The Simple Reminder, a podcast for real people who get distracted in their attempt to follow Jesus. I'm Pat Lanchoni, your host. I'm not a pastor or a theologian, just a guy who wants to do his best in the most important part of my life. And I love that quote from Samuel Johnson, who said, people need to be reminded more than they need to be instructed. And that's what I'm here to do is to remind you and me of those things we already know, but so easily lose sight of in a world full of bright and shiny distractions. I'm here with Karen Amador, a colleague of mine, and Matt, our engineer. And today's podcast is called Preparing for the Holidays. And it really comes, Karen, in a, in a kind of frustrated way. Hmm. Like, here we are, it's Friday. We're recording this Friday before Thanksgiving. So we're six days away from Thanksgiving. And we both talked about this, and we've talked about it in our office, that there's a kind of dread before the holidays. Yep. And holiday means holy day. Hmm. And this is supposed to be a time, Thanksgiving is not a, a, a necessarily, I mean, it's, it's a Christian holiday in many ways. But it's, yes, it's about thanking God. Gratitude. Right. It's not, a, it's not a sacramental one, though. And then followed by Christmas, which it begins the Christmas season. Mm-hmm. And yet we sit here, and you even said today, what did you say about January? Oh, I said, there's relief in January, but then I'm like, okay, so 10, 11 more months until the next big holiday. So I've, like, there, I dread it already, 11 months in. Which stress. It's stress, and it shouldn't be that way. No. And that's what we want to talk about today, is how do we really get to get, get ourselves ready for what the holidays are supposed to be? Mm-hmm. And it feels like there's something absolutely backward and upside down mm-hmm. about the fact that we're stressed going into this time of year. And I am too. And it's whether it's presents or whether it's getting together with people and trying to make the perfect holiday experience. You talked about that mm-hmm. or whether it's having to see people we don't normally see and we, mm-hmm. it kind of feels compulsory. And then there's just all these activities, many of which are not special, but we kind of have to do. And suddenly, I mean, like when we at mass, we have the, the Advent wreath, you know, and every, every mass we light a different mm-hmm. candle mm-hmm. and I associate that with stress. Oh, like one, one week closer to Christmas? Yeah. yeah. And what I know that I don't do is I have not seen the holidays from a primarily Christ-centered viewpoint for most of my life. Mm-hmm. And that's so not what we're supposed to do. And so what we're going to talk about today, Karen, you and I, is we're going to figure out together what we can do, you and me, and maybe others listening to this, to make this year's holidays holy days. Hmm. I'd love to hear what you have to say about this. And, and me, you. <laughs> so one of the things that I know a lot of people do is they go, I'm going to do this after the holidays are over. Mm-hmm. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to postpone trying to change my life until then. Mm-hmm. And I think that's a bad idea mm-hmm. because I think that if we can do it now, yep. then we can do it during the most important time. The problem is if we bite off too much, 
Mm-hmm. You know, like this, people would say, I'm not going to lose weight during this time. I'm going to wait till after the holidays. And okay, maybe that makes sense. I don't even know if that does. But from, a, from the standpoint of trying to make things Christ-centered, I want to do something different starting now, the week before Thanksgiving, and carry it through until the end of the year. You know, some people have New Year's resolutions. I'm going to have an old year's resolution, mm-hmm. and a holiday resolution. And I think what I need to do is every day, especially during the next 45 days or however many days it is until the new year, is I'm going to spend 10 minutes reading the Bible Hmm. and especially reading about the parts of it that relate to Christmas and relate to, but any other parts of it as well. And I'm going to sit in that and do 10 minutes a day. and, And 45 days from now, I will have spent... 450 minutes, which I've never done that before. Mm-hmm. I know I'm going to go to mass. I know we are go to church. We're going to pray. We're going to sing Christmas carols or whatever else we do. Mm-hmm. But that's too, that, that doesn't do it. So I'm going to do 10 minutes a day for the next 45 days. I'm going to make that pledge to you and to Matt sitting here and to anybody else of just going and disconnecting with, from, from all of the buzz and the activities. But this is just one little thing I'm going to do. Mm-hmm. Do you think 10 minutes is, that's not too much, is it? You know, actually, to be honest with you, I was thinking that sounded very kind of rigid almost. Like, oh, I don't know if I can do that. For 45 days, there's going to be an end to it. (laughs) You know, if we said, do it for the rest of your life, but maybe if, maybe we could just power through. Okay. What, how much, what do you think is more reasonable? I actually think five minutes, like half that. And I think you can, you can read a lot and reflect a lot in five minutes, actually. Okay. Let's do that. That's okay. it. Five minutes, five minutes a day doing something we wouldn't normally do. Yep. What, what would you read about? Like what, just give me a sense for what that would look like. I think what I should do actually, I'm thinking in real time here. Yeah. I'm going to try to read from the same verses. I'm going to go into the gospel mm-hmm. that talks about Christmas mm-hmm. because not every gospel does. Some starts with John the Baptist. So I don't know which are the ones that are the most is it Luke? I think we're going to go through it. You can find it. You go through the gospel. Mm -hmm. And I think I'm just going to read Christmas related gospel for Mm -hmm. two minutes. And then I'm going to sit with it for three. Mm -hmm. And so you and I are both going to do this. Okay. And we'll check in after the holidays and see how that goes. So there's two of the gospels that talk about the Christmas, about Jesus, the birth of Christ and the, and the wise men and the shepherds. And we're going to read that. Even if we read the same one a couple times over, and just contemplate that and be there with Jesus and understand what this is really about. Mm-hmm. I love it when we do things like that. We come to work and we talk about it. Yeah. It's a forcing event that I'm glad we had. Yeah. Just a, it's, it's almost like a mini, mini book club. Right. You know, like, hey, tonight we're going to read this or tomorrow morning, and then we're going to come to work and talk about it. That sounds great. Yeah. And we'll share that with the other people mm-hmm. we, that we work with. Okay, so we're going to do that five minutes a day. Any, what else? What else can we do? So when you're lighting the candles on Sunday, I, I actually had to, the other day I read to my husband out loud what the significance of each of those candles represents. You're kidding. No, I kid you not. Because I'm like, I feel like such a, my mom, who, who by the way is an atheist or self, you know, self-claimed atheist, used to light the candles every year for Christmas, not knowing, mind you, what they represented, but right. she knew that there was some significance to it and that there was ceremony involved. Well, I liked I liked the idea of it, but I never really knew what it signified. 
And neither did Al, and he grew up Catholic, my right, husband. Right, right, Here you are teaching yes. your Catholic husband about the Advent wreath. Right, and and each each of the, it's actually very important, you know, so like one, I think one of them represents like Mary, and 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 you you yeah. contemplate that, and one I think is world peace, and I forget the other two already. It was it was a while back, but I thought, wow, that's a really interesting way to to celebrate Christmas. You know what we're going to do this year, Karen? We're going to put an Advent wreath in our office. Mm-hmm. So we're going to have one in our office, which I never would have done before. I love that. Which is part of the problem, I think, is that we we have these things at church or maybe in our home, Mm -hmm. but then we spend the rest of our time. I mean, heck, we spend eight hours a day at work, Mm -hmm. but we're going to, let's bring that into the office. Mm -hmm. And talk about it, read about it and reflect on it. It actually, in that moment, it brings you such peace. And that's, it's slowing down to reflect and kind of get, get grounded again. Okay. So we're going to. Do five minutes. We I love that. We got it to five minutes. Mm-hmm. And then we're going to do an Advent wreath at work mm-hmm. and in our homes. What else could we do? You know, so I don't know. This is easier said than done because we, we had this conversation at lunch about the pressure that especially women put on themselves around decorating the house and and hosting and being the consummate host like I, I think I'd mentioned earlier, like I think of it as my own brand, you know, like right. so if I don't set the perfect table and I don't have the perfect meal, I feel like such a loser, right. you know? And I know, I know no one would think a second thought if I had paper plates on the table versus the china that I put, whatever, right, you right, know? Right. But are there little things that you can do to give yourself some grace around, like, you know, just some shortcuts or something that you skip one year and just see like, Hey, I survived that. And no one gave, you know what? No one thought any less of me. It's pressure. It's pressure we put on ourselves. And I think you need to give yourself grace. Oh, it starts there first. I'm going to share this with Laura, my wife and say, Hey, why don't you find one thing you can do that you normally do that's, Mm -hmm. that maybe doesn't really matter. And just make that sacrifice Mm -hmm. to say, that's not the thing I'm going to hang my hat on. Yeah. I'm going to make it more about being close to Jesus. I, you know, my mind this year, I think is just not sending out Christmas cards this year. Yeah. We, we talked about, we didn't do it last year and it was like, you know, and I don't think people are sitting around waiting for a Christmas card from me, honestly, you right. know, and it goes in the, in the little box or whatever, or in some thing hanging on the wall with about a hundred other cards that they get from other people. And it's sort of like, oh, cool. And then they just put it away. Yeah. I wonder if, I wonder if everybody agreed, let's all not do that this year, if it wouldn't be a better Christmas. <laughs> Cause you know, and Matt's sitting here, he knows what it's like being the the son of a mom who's like, we got to take our Christmas pictures. <laughs> and our boys were like, oh, the dreaded oh, yeah. picture. Matt pointed out the Christmas card behind that's in Lucite in my office behind us. And it's just so much stress. Uh, so that nobody says you have to do that. I go running up in the hills here in Lafayette, and it's this time of year when there's families up there getting their pictures <laughs> taken. And invariably, you see some kid who's crying, and the photographer's trying to make them smile and laugh. And it's like the husband's, you know, rolling his eyes. It's a nightmare a every time. A 16-year-old kid that's crying. and <laughs> <laughs> Exactly. <laughs> Might as well be. Yep. You know, one of the things I'm going to do this year is, I'm terrible about this, I'm I'm going to actually sit down and get very intentional about the presents I'm going to get for others because mm-hmm. I always postpone it because it's not about presents. It's not about presents. And then what I do is I wait to the last minute and then I freak out and I panic. Right. And so I, in, by valuing it less, I'm going to actually get it done earlier so I don't have to think about it. Right. And it's not about the money you spend, honestly. No. 
Not at all. It's like just putting some real thought into something meaningful. Yeah. You know? So I'm going to lean into presence earlier to get it off my plate. You're going to back off on things that you used to feel like you had to do. Right. We're going to spend five minutes a day. Mm-hmm. I'm glad you got it down to five because, mm-hmm. hey, that's great. And then we're going to do the Advent wreath. And because, you know, I don't know what they all mean. I, we, they remind us at church, but I should know. And Absolutely. so we'll do that as, at the office. There you go. So what are you going to do? Well, just as to the people, the more than a thousand people that listen to this podcast, what are you all going to do? And feel free if you want to share that with us, you can send it to us at podcast at tablegroup.com. Well, we want everybody to be, have a great beginning of their holiday season. We'll do a couple more of these episodes during the Christmas season, but hopefully this will be a good way to get started and to make this a holy season, not a stressful one. Karen, thank you. Matt, thank you. Mm-hmm. And God bless you, everyone. We'll talk to you next time. Bye-bye. You're listening to the Lunchtime Podcast Sampler on Catholic Radio Indy. And we'll be back with more right after this. Have you ever thought about joining the Catholic Church? Have you just wanted to explore the Catholic faith? All you need to do is call your local Catholic Church for more information. We are always happy to help you in your journey to discover and learn more about the Catholic faith. We have classes that are almost year-round, and the classes and information sessions do not involve making a commitment, and there is no pressure to join. Please call your local Catholic parish for more information today and start the journey of one day possibly becoming Catholic as well. God bless. I know how important the message of hope that you guys give is. It could be enough to make a miracle happen in someone else's life like it did for mine. Catholic Radio Indy. With the holidays upon us, we may need some guidance to help us through the hustle and bustle of the season. Our next offering on today's sampler is Abiding Together, a weekly podcast hosted by Michelle Benzinger, Sister Miriam James Heidland, and Heather Kim. In this episode, they discuss the importance of cultivating silence and solitude in a world full of distractions. Hi, friends. Welcome to the Abiding Together podcast, season 13. And we are delighted to be with you on this adventure. And I know that the Lord is going to do wonderful things in all of our hearts. The Abiding Together podcast is a place where you can find connection, rest, and encouragement on your journey with Jesus Christ. And wherever you find yourself in the world, wherever you find yourself in your life, you are most welcome here. And we know that the Lord will speak to you. My name is Sister Miriam James Heidland, and every week I am joined by two of my very dearest friends, Heather Kim and Michelle Benzinger. And we speak about what the Lord is doing in our life. We speak about our sorrowful mysteries, our joyful mysteries, and how the Lord is leading us in it all. And you are most welcome right here, right here. So please grab a cup of coffee, settle in, and welcome home. Hello and welcome to this week's episode of the Biting Together podcast, and we are going to spend some time talking about cultivating silence and solitude. So we're just going to be silent for 30 minutes and that, that'll be it. So <laughs> Best episode ever. <laughs> like, they didn't, they didn't really say much. And we've already solved all the world's problems, so we just want to tell everybody. Yes. We've already been yep. on the call for like 30 minutes and we've solved all the problems. So if mm-hmm. anybody has any problems, we've solved them for you. So Yeah, yeah. So take yeah. heart. <laughs> mm-hmm, we haven't mm-hmm, solved anything. Mm-hmm. Like, <laughs> oh shoot, 
We didn't. Oh, well, we talked about everything. We discussed it. Well, I mean, after you sit around and talk about things for a long time, you're like, I think we solved that. It's, it's, I think we've on. got it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's out there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So I just woke up, just rolled out of bed like 35 minutes ago. So I still have PJ bottoms on, but Michelle, you are looking fabulous this morning. She's oh, got a game you. face on. Thank you. I've been meeting at the school mm-hmm. afterwards and a couple mm-hmm. other meetings that I have to look professional. So. It only happens once mm-hmm. in a while. Mm-hmm. There you go. You do. Yep. You got your fall lipstick on. Even. I do. You got your hair done. I do. All the I things. even have my nails done, which I never get my nails done. Get out. Yeah. Things you'll never hear on Poco Poco uh, there podcast you go. right here. You will never hear ever. <laughs> Exclusive content over here. Take that, uh-huh. Father Mark. Mary. There you go. So there you go. Yeah. He calls us the other podcast. <laughs> someone talks us. You know, like Ohio State, Michigan, refer to each other as the other school mm-hmm. or the other podcast. But don't worry, we still love mm-hmm. you guys so mm-hmm. much, Poco Poco. We mm-hmm. don't think of you the other. Mm-hmm. I like yes, these playful guys. Awesome. Mm-hmm. It's true. It is. Them, awesome. Father Dave and Deacon Bob, same. You know, they just yeah. love those guys. Mm-hmm. That is true. That is true. That is true. Well, friends, we thought as we kind of journey into fall and we prepare for Advent coming up, you know, soon enough, we would spend a little time about cultivating silence and solitude with without which the soul cannot thrive and flourish. And we're made for that. And John Paul II talks about that original solitude of turning our hearts completely toward the Lord and receiving our identity from Him and and experiencing that foundational relationship first before everything else. So we're going to use actually a scripture quote from 1 Kings uh, chapter 19. And that is Elijah in in pursuit or leaving the pursuit of Jezebel, and he's going to go out into the wilderness. And such a great chapter 19. The whole is so great, chapter 19. But I'm going to read verses 11 to through 13 as Elijah flees and he goes out into the mountain, into the cave, and he's hiding. God said, go out and stand on the mountain before the Lord, for the Lord is about to pass by. Now there was a great wind, so strong that it was splitting mountains and breaking rocks in pieces before the Lord, but the Lord was not in the wind. And after the wind, an earthquake, but the Lord was not in the earthquake. And after the earthquake, a fire, but the Lord was not in the fire. And after the fire, a sound of sheer silence. When Elijah heard it, he wrapped his face in his mantle and went out and stood at the entrance of the cave. Then there came a voice to him that said, What are you doing here, Elijah? And there's so much we can talk about in that. We have a couple other quotes we're going to get to as we walk through this. But Michelle, as we consider cultivating silence and solitude, what is on your heart that you want to share right away with our listeners? Yeah, I love this whole scripture. Like, I think this is a good one to sit down with, you know, and really do Lexia with, really just see like what pops out to you, what the Lord is saying, what he stirs to you. But like, I love the beginning of that scripture in verse three, when he says, I've had enough, Lord, like I've had enough, (laughs) take my life, I'm done. And then he goes to sleep, you know, and I was just laughing. I'm like, isn't it just sometimes we just need a good nap? Like we just need to go (laughs) take a nap or a bath or do something like I just need to go to sleep. And then the angels come and minister to him and then they feed him. And I was just struck by that, like how he met his physical needs. And then he met his spiritual needs first. And sometimes that's what we need. We need to attune to our Mm -hmm. physical needs and then our spiritual needs. But that, I mean, I think I've said this before on the podcast, I'm learning more and more. The Lord is the Lord of grand gestures, like he does part the Red Sea and he does all this. But the Lord does 
oftentimes he does the miraculous in the everyday in the still small voice. And that mm-hmm. when a quiet whisper, if you someone is whispering, you have to lean in close so you can hear them. Like, what did you say? I can't hear you. So you have to lean in close and get closer. Mm-hmm. So when we hear the Lord in the still small voice, it's when we lean in and get quiet and get closer that he speaks. He speaks to our heart. He speaks intimately. That's when we take the posture of the beloved, you know, and feeling really strongly in a world full of distractions, like we were talking about being the sacrament of the present moment. What what solitude, original solitude, as you were saying, Sister, with JP too, like what time do we just need to be with the Lord, like walking with the Lord? And so we can hear the still small voice because I feel like the voice of the world is so loud right now. Mm-hmm. And he's inviting us to, yeah, listen to him, come away with him mm-hmm. to the still small voice, to hear a still small voice. Heather, what are your thoughts? I love what you're saying there. And I think that we don't realize how much noise we're living Amen. with. So I'm from mm-hmm. uh, Vancouver in the West Coast of Canada. And I would go down to visit Jake's family from Alabama. And in the summer, we'd go outside at night and he'd be like, oh, it's so quiet. And I'm like, what are you talking about? It's a racket out here. Like the cicadas and the or mm-hmm. Katie dids, as they call them, mm-hmm. were so loud to me. But he was like, what are you talking What? And he couldn't. It was like he was so used to that noise. Like he couldn't even recognize it. He goes, well, what does it sound like where you live? And I said, <laughs> nothing. It sounds like nothing when you go outside because we Maybe don't have some these frogs bugs. every now and then. Yeah. I know. A couple yeah, loons. That's it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. That's it. And, and I'm like, you know, just, just reflecting on that personally, I'm like, there's so much noise in the background that I just get mm-hmm accustomed to having there, you know, constantly like a constant buzz, whether it be podcasts or things that are just on all the time or people talking or just, you know, music on even like, and those things aren't bad in and of themselves. But I think actually becoming silent is very, very rare. And it's a big jump for a lot of us to go from the noise level that we're used to just having in the background or even within our own hearts and minds, Mm -hmm. interior noise, that it's a big jump to just go to silence. So I think sometimes we need a bridge into silence, which we can hopefully talk about. But sister, I'm curious, what are your first thoughts? I was thinking, uh, I'm not sure if it was Dr. Jordan Peterson or Elon Musk that was speaking recently about a recent study that was done with people where they could have a choice to sit alone by themselves for 15 minutes or sit alone by themselves, but be shocked by like a little shocker that would kind of allow a dopamine response. And most of them chose to be shocked by the electrical Mm -hmm. shocker several times. And you could, I guess you could press it. I'd have to read the whole study, but press it as often as you wanted. But most people chose that. And I was just thinking of the wild experiment that technology is performing on our brains that humans don't really, we don't know how it's going to turn out. And we're so used to the dopamine hit. We're so used to the constant information, the flux of information, even when it's overwhelming, we're so used to it. And to even experience an absence of that, like I was reading another study of certain high schools banning cell phones mm-hmm. in the high schools. And shockingly enough, they're finding the children actually learn. Yes. I'm like, <laughs> we, had to do, we had to do a study to like figure that out. Or like, you know, cause none of us grew up with cell phones. We didn't have any of that. Or, and I'm not talking about just that. Cause there's a mil- even before cell phones, there's a million things you can distract yourself with. It's not that, but I was thinking of what is the fear of, we talk about original solitude and how God creates and mother Teresa says, you know, God mm-hmm. creates in silence. He, he, he forms the earth in silence. Everything happens in silence. And I was thinking, what's the fear of solitude and silence for us? And I know just for many years in my life, struggling with those two things of of solitude and silence because of what I thought they meant. So just, I think on the outset to help us all understand when we're talking about solitude, we're not talking about isolation Mm -mm. because solitude is being alone with 
alone with God. Isolation is me being by myself. And that's two totally different realities. And I think for some of us, our belief is solitude and silence means I'm going to, and it hits all of our abandonment wounds or it hits our fear of rejection or like, what if I miss out? What's going to happen? I have to know constantly what's going on. But when we speak about solitude, we're speaking about being alone with the one who created us, not just me by myself. If it's real sol- if it's real solitude, it brings about communion, mm-hmm. not isolation and abandonment. So I, I think that's something I have to continue to go back to, like what is real solitude and and what is God inviting you and I to in that in reality? Because that's the primal reality of us with the Lord, and then it's from that we can give the gift of ourselves. Mm-hmm. Uh, St. Paul of the Cross, he's like the first Passionist priest. He talks about the link between silence and trust. Mm. And I just, what you're saying, sister, it just was reminding me that like a lot of times we as people have the impression that silence is hurtful, oh, you know, that's a good word. in some way. The like silent treatment, yeah. We get the silent yeah. treatment, you know. Oh, yes. I grew up in a family that had yep. that like pretty strong, like in my grandmother and, and all of that, you know. And so silence can be associated with mm-hmm. pain, or rejection so or or whatever. Yeah. And so sometimes when mm-hmm. we enter into silence, we might be afraid that God will then be silent. Yeah. And our assumption is that silence uh, from God or even us getting silent, that there's going to be a loss there, like you were saying, that mm-hmm. it's going to be some sense of rejection or we're going to not have enough resources. And so we can we can be very afraid and actually just try to avoid all of that. Whereas St. Paul or St. Paul the Cross, he keeps talking about this link between silence and trust. And he said, even mm-hmm. when Jesus stood before Pilate, he was able to be silent when he was asked the questions and not ha- feel mm-hmm. the need to de- like defend himself because of his deep trust in the Father. Mm-hmm. And and so we're talking about silence in different forms right now, like not just cultivating silence to pray, but there is an aspect of trust that I think we have to look at. That would be mm-hmm. like, like, that's an important meditation mm-hmm. when we approach it. And I so. think that when you allow yourself to enter into silence and enter into solitude, when you're able, the Lord starts revealing things and puts his fingers on things yes. and they come to the light. And some of it is painful things like the fragmented parts of yourself. And mm-hmm. you're like, I don't really want to look at this. So let me just avoid silence altogether. Let me avoid silence and solitude because that there is a process it's a painful process sometimes, but that process leads to the resurrection. Mm-hmm. It's a crucifixion of things. It's an integration of things. It's a part of the spiritual journey. Mm-hmm. And like, I remember when I did my first silent retreat, I was a student at Franciscan and actually Father Dave Ivanka was leading it. And Heather, you were there with me. You did, I think, the music for it. Yeah. And so like the first day we were there, I was like, okay. Second day, I was like, all right, I am done. Like, I need to talk to someone. And I, you know, I went to confession and had a really good confession. The third day, I went to confession again. And Father Dave's like, you do not need to go to confession. You can't talk. You haven't sinned. I was like, I just have to talk to somebody. I can't be by myself anymore. He's like, go back to pray. You know, I mean, if- I went to confession twice on the Saturday just to keep talking, <laughs> talking to somebody. It's I was like, so I can't talk to somebody. It was just like, but it was so. Like, I didn't know how to quiet my soul. Like, I, I didn't that. know how. And um, mm. yeah. And now I'm like, okay, bring it on. Like, the quietness of it, you know, especially with kids all the time. And mm-hmm. I feel like Waffle House, we're open 24-7. And so, you know, like, okay, I need some quiet people. <laughs> you know, um, yeah. Yeah, there's a beautiful quote here that you put in the show notes, Michelle, and it says from Catherine Doherty, and she said, silence will heal the wounds inflicted by the endless words that swarm around us, Mm. exhaust us, tire us beyond all tiredness. 
We need silence in our noisy, work-filled life as a child needs its mother's milk. We need to be alone with God. We need that silence to be able to speak a few words charged with our love, charged with Christ. And I was just thinking even also of, you know, there's a time in Ecclesiastes, Mm -hmm. there's a time to speak, there's a time to be silent. And I just was thinking of how often, how, how Jesus, when Jesus would speak, it would be words that were effective. I mean, he is the word, but Jesus didn't talk just to talk. And we've all done that thing where you're talking just to talk and you're like, I can't, I'm just saying I'm, I'm uncomfortable right now. or I don't know what to do. So I'm just going to keep talking. And, and there's really no need. And just like how those, yeah, it's just amazing of looking at Christ and looking at our lady and, you know, when we use words and when it's better to be silent you know, and, and not to punish people, but it's like, you know, sometimes we don't have anything charitable to say, and it's just better to not say anything <laughs> and just ask the Lord to change our hearts. So I think there's so many ways of cultivating silence of, of how the Lord is inviting us to that. Yeah. It's just great stuff to pray about. Yeah. And I think because we, this is becoming a very weak muscle for most of us, mm. just because, especially because of our phones and access and people's access to us. Like it's not even, yes, it's the social media and all of that, but just being constantly reached, you know, by people. Like yes. I, I left my phone at home one day by accident. You know, you have the panic for a second when you leave, you're like, oh shoot, I forgot my phone. That was the best afternoon. I wandered around <laughs> mm-hmm. and had no idea if the house was burning down or what was <laughs> happening over on the other side of the world. And there was something, it brought me back to an earlier time when we weren't reachable, when we used to be able to go out and people didn't know where we were and like Mm -hmm. what was going on. And there was a freedom of just even being able to think, allowing my thoughts to sort of wander Mm -hmm. into things and ponder different things. And so I think it is like a muscle that needs to be used. And how do we begin to do that? Like, what are some of the practical things that we could do to start cultivating silence? I think one thing is we have to turn off our phones. Sometimes we have to make ourselves unreachable at an appropriate time. Mm -hmm. And that's just one thing. But maybe we can talk through what are some practical things that you guys do or that we all do to cultivate silence in our Mm -hmm. life? I think for me, I really noticed that we have a new app that we have to get on our phone for our new car insurance. And like, it's a hands-free app. You, it doesn't make a difference. Like it, like even if you put it on your little holder in the car, you can't, they'll even charge you if you're talking on the phone in the car, even on Bluetooth, which I think is totally unfair by the way. But anyway, like, but I realized even if you're listening to a podcast, even, you know, like, because it's distracted driving. So I've been just driving in my car, like in silence and it drives my teenage kids mm-hmm. absolutely insane. Like they don't know what to do with it. Like they get in the car, like, can we turn on music? Can we turn on this? Can I hook my phone up? Can I do all? I'm like, or I was like, or we can sit in silence or we could just talk to one another. They're just like, oh my goodness. Wow. But I realized for me, I just, I thrive in silence. I actually grow in silence. So when no one is in my house, mm-hmm. I make sure like, I don't even have background music on, which sometimes I do like when I'm cooking dinner or whatever, but like, I just go about my day doing my activities in mm-hmm. silence. And I started when I walk the first 25 minutes, I don't listen to anything. I don't, I take my AirPods out. I do all of that. I just listen. And it's funny because that's talk about being sacraments to the present moment. I'm like, oh, listen to that bird. Oh, listen to this. Listen to that. Like mm-hmm. you're actually aware and you're present in your body into the environment around you. But it's funny. It's, it happens almost every time. I'll be eight or 10 minutes into my walk in silence. And then it's like the Lord starts speaking. I can hear his voice. It's like I move mm. my body. I can start, you know, and it's one, probably one of the times in my day where I do my deepest prayer is just on that walk. It's just finding little pockets of time. I think it doesn't have to be this long extended personal retreat, which we'll get to that, how important a personal retreat is, but it's just little pockets of time 
And I know, like we were talking about it earlier before, for young moms, you're like, gosh, I wish I had like even five minutes to go to the bathroom by myself. Yeah. But it's like, all right, where can you get where can you get five minutes of just quiet? Is it hiding your, somewhere in your house or <laughs> whatever you have to do? Mm-hmm. So those are some of my thoughts. What about you, Heather? Yeah, I think for young moms, it's important to ask for it. Like that's Amen. sometimes what's needed is uh, actually need to make a request like to my husband or to my mom or my mother-in-law or somebody who can take the kids for a short time just so that I can be quiet for a little bit. And I, I understand the tension is, but I have so many other things that have to get done during that time. And that's why I like what you're saying, Michelle, is like, could it just be five minutes, five mm-hmm. minutes and just breathe, just silent and breathe. And just maybe with every breath, just saying, come Holy Spirit. Or yeah. Jesus, I I lay everything at your feet. Jesus, I lay everything at your feet. It just sort of like allow that to lead you into a place of just complete quiet. And that's sometimes we need the bridge is what I'm saying. So even in my prayer time, my mind runs very rapidly and I have a, a lot of thoughts, you know, and I, I have to battle that. So one of the bridges for me is to start listening to just very gentle music that doesn't have any words to it that will start to calm my mind down enough to where then I can turn the music off and just mm-hmm. be in a place of silence because the goal is communion. Mm-hmm. It's not just the action of being silent. Amen. The goal is communion. Mm-hmm. And sometimes we need to cal- allow the calming things to, to occur so that we can get to that place. I love this quote, St. Saint Paul the Cross again. He said, so do this, be in God's presence with a pure and simple loving attention to his immense good, in a sacred silence of love, resting the whole of your spirit in his holy silence against the loving breast of our eternal God. Oh, I'm like, good. oh, that sounds like relief, you know. Mm-hmm. And Jesus is relief. He mm-hmm. is the rest for our soul that we need. And we will meet him most deeply in the quiet. Yeah. Mm-hmm. How about you, sister? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Those are such great like input tools for input and wisdom that you both have offered. And I, I know for myself, I mean, it's many, and Wendy Mays is a blessing being a religious sister because so much of mm-hmm. our day is built in silence. So there's like a, I'm grateful for that. I need it. I'm grateful for it. I avoided silence. I think I've said before in the podcast for so long. It just, cause that's exactly when all of my things I didn't want to think about or talk about would come to the surface. And so I always would have to have something distracting me because I was afraid to be present to the present moment. And so I think one of the best, one of the best, one of the best blessings of entering religious life now for so many years is just it's part of our life now. And but it's something I also take a great pains to guard as well. Like I know for in the morning, you know, we I, I'm just that's my first thing in the morning is a cup of coffee with Jesus. And that that time I notice if that and I, I, I appreciate what you said, Heather, about communion is the goal, not the silence, because sometimes something happens or you have to do something or somebody needs to ride to the airport or something like where it's like, and we can, it's inter- interesting how like when our quote unquote little routine is interrupted, we get really cranky and like unvirtuous. I'm like, that's, that's not, not the, the point. point. That's, yeah. that's, that's missing mm-hmm. something there. That's it's, it's silence is not the idol, but it's the means to an end. And, mm-hmm. but to, to guard that and to guide that and to just allow the Lord to continue to to open those places and to be okay with that. And just to s- tell our listeners, and I think we all notice it in our lives, it's okay to be restless. Mm-hmm. If you notice that in yourself, that's okay. You're not quote unquote doing it wrong. And those are things you could talk about to the Lord of like, Lord, I, I'm afraid I'm feeling restless. Lord, I want to check my phone or I want to, you know, talk to somebody or I, I'm afraid of what you're bringing up here. It, that's okay. And even just, you know, some of the holiest people I know, they do annual nine day silent retreats. And I was just, I was really grateful because one of them was just telling me a couple months ago that 
even for him, the first couple of days are hard because oh, yeah. he has to come off this. He's mm-hmm. got a lot of responsibility. And he said, it just takes him two or three days to finally settle down into the silence. And then, and then after that, he really can dive in. I was, I was just like, thank you so much for saying that. Because I think for a lot of us, we think I should do it perfectly and I should be okay with it. And it shouldn't bother me. Mm-hmm. It's okay. It's okay. And, but if we can move through that, if we can move through that, then we get to the deeper places. But if we just stop there and then go back to our formal way or to distract ourselves, we're never going to be able to allow the Lord to invite us more deeply. And Jesus, He just wants to be with us. Mm-hmm. He just wants to spend time with us. Like any other best friend in our life, He just wants to share with us and to receive our heart and just to, and just to be with us. We don't have to do anything with Him, just to be. That's the best gift we could give him. Like that consoles his heart. Yeah. And as we mentioned, you know, like things get stirred up and the Lord might be putting his finger on something to always hold with that. Even some people might be like, yeah, that's exactly why I don't want to be silent. And that's why Mm -hmm. I'm not going to be. And to just remember with what you're saying, sister, too, like he is a God of love. His love is never, Mm -hmm. never absent. Like even in the moments where he might be pressing or just like gently awakening our heart to something, Mm -hmm. his presence is always love, mm-hmm. always, even if, you know, there's a little bit of discipline that needs to come in. It's always love. And he never will leave us there. Never. That's not the point. He never just wants to poke at things, just to poke Mm-mm. at things. That might be other people in our life that do that, but that's mm-hmm. not the kind of God we have. Mm-hmm. And just for a practical stance for anyone, like when your mind gets restless, one of the things that I started doing, which actually my previous spiritual director advised me is like when things come up in prayer, like for women, it's our to-do list. Like, oh my gosh, I can't forget this. Like I'll be in prayer. I'm like, oh my gosh, did so-and-so bring their soccer cleat? You know, is I keep a little pad next to me and write down that thing. And just, mm-hmm. and then I go back to prayer because if not, it'll be just stirring and that way I can come back to it. If I'm walking, I have my notes open, like my to-do mm-hmm. list. I put it on there and then I keep going just to, and then I redirect myself back. But it's something about just writing it down helps me realize, oh, I can let it go for that moment because I won't forget it. Mm-hmm. And then another thing is one of my spiritual directors several years ago, we're talking 10 or 12 years ago, one of his requirements and all of them been is that I make a personal retreat. And it was really hard in the season when he asked me to, because that was, you know, I had a lot of littles and they're stair-stepped. And I always laugh when a mom goes somewhere, even now when I travel or go, I was like, so I always tell Chris, one, to simply not walk out of Mordor, like, you know, Lord of the Rings, like a mom just can't just simply go on a retreat. And even now I try to do my personal retreats in Advent, which I'm always mm-hmm. like, like, I feel like the Lord has to part the Red Sea with like our calendars mm-hmm. and stuff. But so you have to prepare like you have to prepare to go on a retreat. Like it just doesn't happen. But once I did, I noticed it just, it's like when you go away with your spouse or something, it just rejuvenates you. Mm -hmm. But those retreats have become almost a, they are a guiding light for the next year for me, my personal retreats. They they are really like Mm -hmm. landmarkers in my spiritual journey. And first of all, like to start small, I even advise young moms if they could do a desert day, like just go someplace you know, whether it's a coffee shop or whatever, get time, adoration, do whatever, do a desert day. Yes, you have to plan. Yes, other people have to do that. But th- that investment is it's an investment into you. Yeah. That you have to make that investment, like to plan those days. And it takes intentional time, which I'm like you. But like I was even thinking, like, all right, when am I gonna do my personal retreat? this year. And I usually do it in December. I can't because my husband and I are going away and doing a personal retreat. So like, it's like a priority. Actually, I'm planning it today. Like when in January, am I going to do my personal retreat? When is that time? Because for me, it still takes, like this is what you were saying, it still takes me a full 24 hours to get quiet. 
like it does right now. Mm-hmm. For those of you that only have a couple of hours, the Lord knows your situation. It is the loaves and the fishes. Just meet him where he's at. Like he will come. He knows where you are. Just come and just be and he will meet you there. And like there is no perfect prayer time. Like we would love like the candle and the cozy blanket mm-hmm. and all the things. Sometimes you get that. Sometimes you don't. And the Lord is with you in whatever mm-hmm. situation, whatever season you're in. But be intentional. Like you have to plan date nights for your spouse, plan a date night, date day, date getaway with the Lord. Get morning, whatever it is. Whatever it is. Yep, exactly. Mm -hmm. What do you think is, I know some people are probably going, where would I do like an eight day Mm -hmm. silent retreat? Like what, do we have resources that we can put in the show notes for people? Do you guys know of some? I have a couple of people that we can do. I know retreats. I know like the Archdiocese of Atlanta and a couple other ones have silent retreats on their calendar. I think our diocese does too, Pensacola, Tallahassee. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So maybe contact their diocese first and maybe like a local abbey if you have one. Like we have one 15 minutes from our house and I know that they allow people to come and stay there or whatever. Sister, what would you suggest? No, I was just going to say the same thing. I would look at your diocesan website and maybe see if there's somebody who knows or ask if you look around, if you have different monasteries in the area, or even retreat centers. Many times local retreat centers will offer even a weekend retreat and it may not be totally silent, but mm-hmm. you can make it silent. Like you're a grown up, like you can, you can have <laughs> meals on your own. It's okay. People are going to re- they will respect that if you want to go and listen to the talks or, and then be by yourself in solitude, most retreat centers will make you make that accommodation. And so, or you, yeah. So look for a local retreat center in your area. And then there's some, you know, big nationally known ones, but I, I would, yeah, that's great. And, and like you both said, it's, it takes planning, but it's worth it. And that's, you know, and even when we feel like God is silent with us, his presence is always there. And it's through that communion that we come back to give to the people in our life that we love. Otherwise it's easy for us to get depleted or it's easy for us to lose focus. And then our loves are out of ordered and the Lord's always trying to order our loves. And so, yeah, for each one of us, you know, trying to find that in our own way, but also just for all of us as a community, as a podcast community of how can we allow the Lord to cultivate this in our our life? So that it really becomes a way of life of that regular silence and solitude, no matter what it Mm. looks like. How does that help? You know, how do we help grow in community with that? That's good. Heather Kim, would you like to offer your one thing for our listeners this week? Yes. So a little story. So my one thing is International Justice Mission. This is one of my favorite charities, along with Mary's Meals. These two are my absolute favorite. And so this week I got to go to their fundraising dinner in Vancouver. And wow, what a gift to be there Mm. to hear the story. So anyway, I was sitting at the table and this one woman was asking, what connected you with International Justice Mission? And I said, well, actually nine years ago, I was watching a conference called If Gathering. And there was Mm. a woman who shared and she was a survivor. And that story ruined my life in the best way. And it just so International Justice Mission, they they work to protect people from violence, rescuing victims from sex trafficking and bringing mm-hmm. criminals to justice. And they do the whole full circle. Anyway, this woman looked at me and she said, that was me. <gasps> she said, that was me. And she said, I've actually she said, I cannot believe that you're here because of that. And she said, I've actually only shared my story twice in public. And that was the first wow. time I'd ever shared it. Oh my and gosh. so it was like, no one really knows her story. And I, I was just like, Oh, what, <laughs> like, what are the wow. chances? So it was just so special. And then that night, you know, we heard from another survivor, just such powerful stories. These people are doing some of the most powerful work and they actually are changing things. Like that's what mm-hmm. I loved about everything that I heard. They said, in certain countries, we are reducing all of this by like 50 to 86%. We are working ourselves out of a job in many places in the world. And I was like, 
oh my goodness. You don't really hear that. You know, you hear people who are like really working hard, but the impact is like so difficult because they're so Mm -hmm. small. Mm -hmm. These are networked so broadly and they have really excellent people working for them and they're making a difference. So anyway, the info is in the show notes, but I, I love that. And it just blessed me so deeply. And again, it was one of those things where when we're scrolling and we hear a story, we're like, ah, oh, that's so hard and painful. And we scroll right by it. When you have to sit there for a couple of hours mm-hmm. and just be faced with something really hard in the world. Wow. Does that rouse your heart in a different way to respond? Yeah. You know? So anyway, mm. that was a Yeah. Mm -hmm. How about you, Michelle? My one thing is actually the Poco Poco podcast. And they actually did an episode on silence also, which I didn't know before we did ours. But my son listens to them. I listen to them too. But but on silence, I'm going to post that in the show link. Um, Probably very different than ours, but you know, (laughs) it's still great. Mm -hmm. I love those guys. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Sister, what Mm -hmm. about you? My one thing for the week, speaking of silence and solitude, is a book called The Greatest Philosopher Who Ever Lived by Dr. Peter Kreeft, and it's about Our Lady. And it's just really lovely. He said he wrote a book on the 100 greatest philosophers in the world, and he said they were all men. And he said, I realized I forgot the the greatest one, which is a woman, it's Our Lady. And so if you want to spend some time in your silence and solitude reading (laughs) about Our Lady, about a woman who kept all these things and pondered them in her heart, and it's just written in true Peter Kreeft form. I just love him. It's almost like you can hear him. It's I, I have the real book, not an audio book, but you could just mm. hear his mannerisms and his way of sharing. So that might bless you as well. So the greatest philosopher who ever lived, it's in your show notes. So that's great. Well, dear friends, thank you so much for joining us this week. We want to remind you again that we are doing the book. Uh, we're going to walk through the book, The Read of God with by Carol Houselander for Advent this year. So you want to grab that book as soon as you can. And don't worry, we're going to post the reading schedule and you, we're going to offer discussion questions and things like that. And just to tell you once again, that you don't have to read the chapter before we talk about it. You can just walk with us along the way. You don't even have to read the book. You can just come along. So but we just wanted to tell you, so The Read of God by Carol Houselander is our choice for our Advent adventure this year. So want to grab that and come along with us. So any last words, ladies? Well, they can find Mm -hmm. all of that info, the reading schedule and everything Mm -hmm. on our website at bindingtogetherpodcast.com. It's right there for Mm -hmm. them. Wonderful. Well, Michelle, get your game face on, girl. Rock Mm -hmm. on with your meetings today. (laughs) Yeah. Well, thank you so much, friends, for being with us this week. And until next week, we will be abiding together. God bless you. Have a wonderful week. Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode. If you liked it, would you please share it with a friend and leave us a review? We encourage you to head over to our website, abidingtogetherpodcast.com, where you can find all the show notes, links to our one things, group discussion questions for each episode, and beautiful coffee mugs, t-shirts, journals, and prints in our shop. There you can also subscribe to receive our weekly email with links to each new episode and all of the content. We'd love to connect on social media and invite you to follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter so you can catch inspiring reflections every day. You're also welcome to join our private Facebook group and dive deeper into discussions with our fellow listeners. If the podcast has blessed you, would you prayerfully consider financially supporting us? The Body Together podcast is only available due to the generous support of our listeners. There are significant costs associated with creating this content, such as tech support, design, website, equipment, and hired staff that we need to be able to continue offering great content. Abiding Together is a nonprofit 501c3, and all donations are tax deductible. You can make donations of any amount through the Patreon website. Or you can send us a check directly if that's easier for you. 
If you donate $15 or more per month on our Patreon page, you become a tribe member and you will receive bonus content every month, such as recipes, music playlist, downloadable prints, and more. You can find all the information at patreon.com slash abiding together podcast. Thank you so much and God bless you. In the holiday season, we see angels everywhere, but they're actually around us all the time. In this next podcast from Ascension Press, Father Mike Schmitz explores how guardian angels actually work. Angels, yeah, created by God. They are beings of incredible uh, beauty, power. They're immaterial. Um, They are wise. They have, spoiler at the end, does your guardian angel have a name? Can you name your guardian angel? Can you find out the name of your guardian angel? All that and more. (laughs) Hi, my name is Father Mike Schmitz, and this is Ascension Presents. What's the deal with angels? Specifically, what's the deal with guardian angels? First thing, they exist. (laughs) They're, they're, They're good. Now, there are fallen angels, maybe more on that later, but angels are created completely good. They are uh, they have free will. They have intellect. So they have intellect and a will. Um, at one point in time, God allowed them to make a decision either definitively for him or definitively against him. So all those angels that chose that definitive choice for the Lord remain in his service, they remain in his presence. They do his will constantly. They glorify the Lord. They serve him. They praise his name. And they also intercede on our behalf. More on that, in a, as I said, in a second. Those angels that definitively chose against the Lord um, those are what we call demons. So those we call the devil, right? And so we recognize, but even the devil was created good. He took his goodness, took his beauty, took his power, took his intellect, took his will. And he said, I will not serve. But chose to spend his beauty, his will, his intellect, all those things on himself rather than on the Lord. But those angels that remained faithful to God, they, uh, as I said, continually praise and bless God. They continually intercede. They protect people on earth. The angels of God are inc- amazing. So they are beings of, of beauty, as I said, even though they don't have no body, they're immaterial. Uh, they have intellects. The intellect is a different kind of intellect than us. Um, St. Thomas Aquinas like, di- dived deeply, dove deeply, investigated that thoroughly when he talked about how angels have a thing called infused knowledge. We don't have infused knowledge. Infused knowledge is like, if you can remember that old movie called The Matrix, where Neo gets plugged into The Matrix and he's like, oh, I know Kung Fu. I could fly a helicopter. That kind of thing. That's infused knowledge, like instant, instantaneous knowledge. They don't learn. We don't have infused knowledge. We have to learn over the course of our lives. But angels, they have this instantaneous infused knowledge, according to St. Thomas Aquinas and the church. Beyond that, the word angel itself means messenger. And so there are three angels that we know their names, Raphael, Gabriel and Michael, those three angels are called archangels because they had a greater message, right? They had a great message, an arch, 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 arch message. <laughs> they had a big message. And so Gabriel, Raphael, and Michael are archangels. Now, another category of angels are called guardian angels. And we get the idea, the notion, the, the belief of guardian angels from scripture. In fact, Jesus himself says that don't despise these little ones because each of them has an angel that goes before my heavenly father. So that's that sense of like, wait a second, if each, all these children around Jesus who are trying to get close to the Lord have an angel that goes before the heavenly father, wait a second, does that mean we all have a guardian angel? The answer, yes, we all have a guardian angel. We all have an angel that is essentially assigned to us at our conception to guard, to guide, and to, to lead us 
to the Lord Jesus. So many saints have talked about this. So many saints have talked about how we won't know until we get to heaven, God willing, until we get to heaven, the number of times that our guardian angel has protected us, the number of times our guardian angel has guided us in and as, as protected and guarded, the same words, but but has, has led us to a place where we should go and, and away from places we shouldn't have gone. So it, it's really, a, it's a good thing to have a devotion to your guardian angel to actually have an awareness that right now, as you're listening to this, as you're watching this, not only is, is the Trinity, Father, Son, Holy Spirit, completely present to you, but so is your guardian angel. That, that your angel is there and you can, you can ask your angel for blessings. In the sense of this, you can ask your angel for protection. You can ask your angel of, uh, to, to go before the face of our Father in heaven and bring your prayers of petition there, your intercessory prayers there, or even to ask your guardian angel to bring your prayer of praise or thanksgiving before the throne of the living God. So to be aware of this. Now, the last thing I'll say is, is sometimes people will say that they, you should, you could, you can name your angel, um, or you could find out the name of your angel. I, I know that's kind of popular in some circles. I would have to say, please do not ever, ever, ever do that. Please never, ever do that. You say, ah, oh, but it's really cool. My angel's name is such and such. Like, no, here's, here's why. In scripture, people would often ask the angel who appeared to them, what the angel's name was. And the angel most often never revealed that. And so when it comes to like the name of the angel, we don't name the angel beyond that because to name something is to have authority over it, right? To name something is have, is, is have, is have some kind of power over the thing. And so we don't have power over our guardian angel. So we wouldn't name it because we wouldn't take authority over our guardian angel. Also, it's like, I want my angel to reveal his name to me. Well, you know, if we're opening ourselves up to uh, the good spirits, like angels, um, we also might be inadvertently opening ourselves up to evil spirits, fallen angels. And so just don't do that. <laughs> it's my encouragement. You're not going to name your angel. And if you had a practice of doing that, you're going to stop. This is me saying that in a very nice way, hopefully. But we are going to have this awareness of this is a relationship that maybe you've neglected your whole life with you and your guardian angel. This is a relationship that the moment of your conception, God assigned you this angel. To be aware of that angel, to be aware of his presence and his, again, his guiding you, his guarding you, his leading and protecting is a great, great gift. Anyways, that's what I got. For all this here to Sense Presents, my name is Father Mike. God bless. That's all the time we have for Catholic Radio Indy's Lunchtime Podcast Sampler for today. You can find this show in podcast form at catholicradioindy.org, along with links to more of the programs we've shared. I'm Kent Blanford, and until next time, may God bless. Hey everybody, Kent Blanford here, production manager and show host here at Catholic Radio Indy. And after 10 great years, the time has come for me to turn off my mic and hang up my headset. I want to thank you for your support over these years and ask you to continue to support Catholic Radio Indy, first of all with your prayers and also with your financial donations that you can make by going to catholicradioindy.org and clicking on the donate button. And I want to leave you with this. May the road rise up to meet you. May the winds be always at your back. May the sun shine warm upon your face, the rains fall softly on your fields. And until we meet again, May God hold you in the palm of his hand, and God bless. 
You're listening to Catholic Radio Indy, converting the culture to Christ through radio, featuring 100% Catholic programming 24-7. Do your friends a favor. Tell them about Catholic Radio Indy. 